I want to make you aware of the fact that Lyft has become the first ride-sharing company to file financials leading up to its initial public offering. The company, they showed impressive growth with $2.2 billion U.S. in revenue last year, more than double its $1.1 billion in revenue in 2017. But Lyft, still losing money and losses are growing. The company lost $911.33 million last year. That's about... 223 million more than in 2017 to talk about this investment and what you would be investing in. Is it an autonomous, you know, vehicle company? Is it a new model of the taxi industry? We're joined by our good buddy, Sam Abul Samad, who is a principal analyst at Navigant Research. Welcome to the show, Sam. Good to have you back. Good morning, Kelly. Good to be back with you. Okay, so when we talk about Lyft, what's your first impression of them being the first ride-sharing company to uh, offer uh, this initial public offering and the ability for the public to buy in? Well, I think in in terms of timing, uh, they definitely pushed, I think they pushed ahead the timing of their IPO uh, in order to try to get out there before Uber, uh, because Uber has also filed uh, confidential uh, documents with the, uh, the SEC for its own IPO, which should be coming probably in the next couple of months. Um, and Uber is a considerably larger company right now than Lyft and would potentially suck up a lot of the uh, the market for uh, investments in, in these kinds of companies. So Uber, Lyft definitely wanted to get out there first and try to get as high a price as they could for their stock. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that Lyft is still losing money, although they showed impressive growth with uh, $2.2 billion U.S. in revenue last year. They're still losing money. I know this is no shock to you because you wrote a paper on this, why ride-hailing services probably won't survive as standalone businesses back in 2016. Yeah, um, you know, Lyft, uh, like pretty much every other company in the mobility services space, whether you're talking about ride-hailing like Uber or Didi in China uh, or car-sharing companies like Zipcar and and others, are all, you know, they all have one thing in common. Every single one of them is losing money. And, you know, the the fundamental problem that all these businesses have is that they're, they're trying to price their uh, product as low as possible and get it, make it as affordable as possible to get as many customers as they can. But, you know, unlike some other tech businesses like, you know, say social network companies, they, they don't have the advantage of any lock-in. Um, you know, if for, for Facebook, for example, you know, for a social network, um, you, you know, you can't really switch from one social network to another unless you can get all your friends to come over with you. Otherwise right. it has no value. But you know, for a ride-sharing company, it's you know it's the same as a taxi. There's there's no there's nothing to there's no uh, switching cost for a customer to go from Lyft to Uber or or to any other service. Uh, all you do is load up another app, create your account, and you're on your way. You know, you don't have to rely on everybody else to come with you. So these companies have spent a lot of money to try and recruit and retain drivers, and uh, you know, in order to have. As, as many drivers available for customers as possible. Unfortunately, that means that you know they're they're spending about forty percent more per ride than what they're getting in fares from the customers. And you know, if if they want to uh, make money, then they've got to either lower their costs, which means paying the drivers less, mm-hmm. or somehow uh, get everybody else out of the market uh, so that they have a monopoly and then they can raise their prices. But or can't raise it. Yeah. get the drivers to buy in. And according to the company's filing on Friday, the drivers who have completed at least 10,000 rides will get a $1,000 bonus with the option to use money 
to buy Lyft shares at his IPO price. Right, but even that doesn't, you know, that that you know that'll help raise the the stock price of Lyft, but it won't really do anything for their bottom line in terms of being profitable. Okay, so is this company or these uh, ride-sharing companies are they less about modernizing the taxi model and more about autonomous vehicles? Is that what they're looking forward to? Long term, yes, that's what they want to do. Uh, you know, in the in the short term, right now, it is as you said, it is about modernizing the taxi model, making it more convenient. But now there are even apps like Curb, uh, which is available in a lot of cities now, which lets you do basically the same thing for hailing a, a traditional taxi and paying for it in the app right on your phone instead of having to, to pay the driver or scan your credit card in the in the cab. Um, you know, long term, they do. You know, these companies do want to transition to autonomous vehicles, but you know, even that. Uh, is going to be problematic for them because right now these companies don't own any assets. They don't own any vehicles. They don't have to buy them or build them. They don't have to pay, uh, put fuel in them. They don't have to service them or insure them. Um, you know, if they go to autonomous vehicles, then they still have, you know, they're going to have a bunch of new costs associated with that that, again, make it challenging to actually be profitable. So are Uber and Lyft basically just a software platform? Uh, yeah, and that's probably where they should really focus. I think you know, in order if they're if they're going to try to be profitable, what they should focus on is you know really optimizing their logistics platform, the software platform, and allow you know um, as other companies are developing the autonomous technology, allow them to bring those cars onto their platform, as as Lyft is already doing uh, in their partnership with Aptive in Las Vegas. That they've been operating there, doing a pilot service for about a, over a year now, and they've given over. 35,000 rides in their uh, in Aptus prototype uh, autonomous cars, uh, and I've ridden in them, and they're, they're very good. Um, you know, and that and do, Uber is doing similar deals with companies like Mercedes Benz. Uh, so I think that's really you know probably the best path forward for these companies. Do you see a lot of people rushing to this initial public uh, you know investment on uh, the opportunity that Lyft will be giving you soon? Probably, um, you know, but not not as you know, it won't be valued as high as Uber probably will. Uh, you know, it'll probably get an initial pop in the marketplace, you know, and the the stock will jump. But you know, I don't I don't necessarily see it, you know, staying up, and you know, it's not necessarily uh, a good long term uh, investment. Are Lyft kind of? You know, I know you said they're jumping the gun here. They moved up their initial public offering because they heard Uber was going to get in on this, and they filed some financials. Are, are Lyft basically giving Uber an advantage by filing first? Um, not necessarily. Um, you know, I, I don't. You know, because Uber also loses a lot of money. They lost you know several billion dollars last year, um, and and then they have every year of their existence. So I don't think it's necessarily an advantage to one or the other, just that, you know, Lyft, you know, gets the attention right now before Uber does their IPO. Um, and, you know, they're hoping to, you know, come out at as high a price as they can so they can so they can raise some extra capital uh, that'll go into their coffers to keep, you know, keep them going for a while. Um, you know, if they if they waited till after Uber and if Uber's stock did not do as well, then they would then Lyft would probably get a lower price for their stock. Um, if they went second, and so they wouldn't raise as much capital. Sam, I, re- I really appreciate your time today. As always, it's fascinating talking to you about this. I'm happy to talk anytime, Kelly. Thanks. That's Sam Abu Samad. He's a senior analyst with Navigant Research and friend of the program.